0: It is RJLA family. I am Angela Birdsong, your Conversation piece host on Radio Justice LA Morning Wake Up Call at RadioJustice.org or something new or unusual to talk about for stimulating conversation for you on the bus, train, plane, or simply at the water cooler or in Cubicle Nation. Today on Conversation Piece, the hard-hitting stage play, Martin Duty Calls which explores the intimate lives of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King from 1955 through 1968, recounting challenges they endured to gain civil rights for American blacks while fighting against rumors to keep their loving and devoted family intact. Southern Christian Leadership Conference with Storyteller Production presents Martin Duty Calls, January 18th, 8 p.m. at West Angeles Theater in Los Angeles. Today we meet the cast and crew of Martin Duty Calls. We will have producer and writer Roy Parker, David Wendell Boykins, who is the director, and production manager Malika Blessing, along with a host of their actors who will be joining us. And stay tuned because we will have a ticket giveaway for you guys. So you can go and see and enjoy Martin duty calls on January 18th. And we're going to have a black history question for you. So be ready and have your P's and Q's ready to answer that question. Welcome to conversation. Peace. We'll be right back. All right, Martin, duty calls. Welcome to Conversation Piece.
1: Thank you. Yes, we're really happy to be here.
0: Thank you. Now, let me ask you this question: We know about Martin Luther King's speeches, the popular speeches. We know the highlighted stories about him: his assassination, um, the the Selma March, the um, Birmingham um, boycott. The the march on Washington, D.C., but you're coming with a different story. How did you come with the story? How did you even develop this idea? Uh,
2: well, um, and introduce yourself, okay, please. Uh, this is Roy, um, Roy Parker, the writer and producer. Uh, the way that I came up with the story is I think it's maybe about four or five years ago when they decided to kind of obliterate the Voters Rights Act. That really kind of bothered me because I thought Martin Luther King Jr. and his wife put their life on the lines for that event. And for someone to just to come along and say, okay, we don't need it anymore. uh, I thought was a total injustice. And um, I had the opportunity. I get motivated and I start writing. And just out of nowhere at church one day, I met a guy at church and he says he does Speeches from Martin Luther King. I knew I was on the right track. Then I got hooked up with one of the greatest directors around, David Boykins, and he came on board and we started a team. Uh, then we brought uh, Malika Blessings with us, who we just, we're a family. And uh, that's how we got started. We've been successful for the last five years and we're continuing to grow and grow and grow.
0: So why this part of the story, the the, the intimacy between a husband and wife?
2: Well, that's because, uh, you know, these were two ordinary people, just like me and you. But they were assigned, you know, a a duty. And they, I mean, they were acceptable of it. They said, we're going to do this at any cost because it was their calling." And that's amazing. I mean, there's not a lot of people that can say, I'll give my life right now, my family, put my family at uh, in, in peril uh, with something that I don't even know that's even going to happen, but they believed in it.
3: I was going to say another thing, the reason why I think um, with this story, why it's so important of bringing those um, Coretta and Martin together is like piggybacking off of what Roy said. And by the way, my name is Malika Blessing. Um... Is that it's important to know when you have a calling. It's important to know when uh, to understand what your intuitive gifts are it's important to know that when God gives you something to uh, believe in it, to hone um, those skills and also to never give up on that. And I think with those two is that they put themselves in a position to be representative of us, us meaning our culture. And I think that's, what's important even today through this play, we're able to tell people that you have a gift, you have a calling, everyone has one. And when you have that, um, continue to be successful with that and continue to hone that so you can be the next Martin
4: and Coretta.
0: And that's the part of the inspiration because you guys talk about letting a new generation know the story.
2: Absolutely.
0: And how did you connect with David?
2: Uh, Your director. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Just, uh, you know, just... You know, it's always said that God brings laborers across your path. That's exactly how that happened. I mean, Pete, you know, a friend of mine says, Hey, I have someone that I want you to meet. And uh, he brought David over, and instantly we connected. We know that it was a spiritual connection. And we have been in this together since the beginning with Malika, and we've just grown and grown and grown. And that's just a testimony to when you have an idea or something you want to do, never give up on it because you can make it happen. Just believe and have faith and don't quit.
0: So, David, when you were presented with this idea of Martin duty calls and the come in as the role of the director, was there any hesitation?
1: No, actually, no. Uh, At that time, Just for me personally, I was in a position of um, trying to figure out what my next step was going to be, the next project was going to be, and I didn't know. Um, uh, something that I had written, I had kind of like started thinking about doing something with that. That didn't really work out um, for me. And so I was really in a place of kind of being lost, so to speak. Uh, so when this happened, it was one of the things to where it's like, you know, I'm going to look at this. And because I believe in the story of uh, Martin and Coretta and after meeting Roy, I was like, this brother is committed. He's committed to doing this story. He wants to tell this story. And you know what? I'm going to take this on as if it's my project as well. I'm I'm going to go all the way in. It's not going to be just a job for me. It's going to be something that I want to see flourish and grow and be strong. And so when we stepped into this thing, we stepped in it all the way in and um, which is the reason why I wanted to bring in the best production manager I ever known and that was Malika Blessing uh, because I knew that if we were all together working it as a team we could make this work um, but it was mostly Roy R- Roy's commitment to it was something that was inspiring to me and so I was like well if he's in it like he's in it then I'm going to be in it like I'm going to be in it
0: So Roy with your your research and writing I know that you took like two years to before you started writing, or the the two year research was coincide with the writing. But what are some of the things that, that you discovered about the Reverend Dr. King in, in your research that you thought people needed to know that we didn't know before?
2: Well, first of all, it it took two years because when uh, I was writing this, I wanted to make sure. That I didn't have any inaccuracies in the story uh, to give it. Uh, I'm gonna make sure that it was a valid storyline and that that it was educational. Some of the things that um, I learned about Dr. King. Well, um, I've been studying him for a long time, but I mean, just what I wanted to try to show in the play is his undevoted love for people and his undevoted love for his family and his undevoted relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you put all three of those things together, um, I mean, it's a powerful story. And uh, David, uh, he, he helped bring out you know, he helped bring out that story. When I was first starting to write, Dave was very instrumental uh, in helping me to dig deep and find what I needed to find. And uh, I really appreciate that in you, Dave. You, you know, I, I couldn't have do this without him. I really couldn't have. He was very, very instrumental in helping me write this, this project. So thank you so much, man. Yeah, that's what we're here for. That's right, brother. And Malika... We wouldn't be here today without Malika. That's for sure. We'd be Dave, and we don't know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> and then,
0: and with you, and what I want um, the conversation piece um, audience to know is that you guys are very seasoned professionals in the industry, in in film and TV production, stage production. You guys, you guys have your own stories behind the scenes of of martin duty calls just touch upon that briefly each of you guys just briefly where where you come from and what are some of the highlights from your own career
1: uh well for me i've i've been in the entertainment industry uh since uh 96 um i've been uh acting i've 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 toured acting i've actually done a lot of touring with um Uh, lighting design I I, I do lighting uh, for theater Uh, and then I got into film production where I've done uh, several short films Uh, I've written uh, three uh, feature length uh, film scripts I've written uh, four plays Uh, two of those plays have been produced um, and one of those plays actually was turned into a, a DVD where we uh, it's shown on VH1 and BET several times. Uh, applause for Missy, e. and um, and I, you know, I'm always trying to find the next thing and looking for the next thing to do. And so right now, I have a short film that is about to be finished. I'm getting it color corrected right now in Venezuela, and uh, I'm looking to have that out in uh, in uh, festivals next year. Uh, well, this year now that we're in 19. Uh, so yeah, it, it keeps on moving
3: yeah malika i um i'm an actress i went to grandma state university gsu thought you knew <laughs> and um uh, tiger um so i've known since a little girl that i wanted to act um my mom said i was always fascinated with uh glitz and glam uh Dinah ross is the first person i fell in love with Uh, From Lady Sings the Blues, um, seeing her, that made me want to be an actress. And then going into Three's Company and um, Marla Gibbs and the Jeffersons and really watching those shows and saying that's something that I wanted to do. But my mom said when I started reading, the teachers used to tell her that I read with expression. And I always wanted to read out loud and I always wanted to be the one who read. So she knew that that was something that I would kind of go into. And then I was in the sixth grade. Uh, I auditioned for the Christmas play for Santa Claus. I didn't want to do no other role but Santa Claus. And they was like, that's for a boy. And I said, no, I want to do Santa Claus. And I uh, made sure that I did everything that I needed to do as far as my voice and talking and movement. And they let me be Santa Claus. (laughs) So my mom said that determination of me Want to do that um, She knew that that was uh, a calling of mine So then she started putting me into Shakespeare Theater and doing things like that And um, I had always talked in class So sometimes I would get in trouble So my mom would take away um, My um, Acting classes um, For punishment and she said I would always say That uh, it hurt my soul Not to act so she knew that it was something I was determined to do
0: So you're a natural born actor Yeah. Yes Yeah. And Mr. Parker.
2: Okay, quickly. Cartoonist. Uh, Cartoonist I started, <laughs> though, I, I went to school at UCLA. And that's where I started taking up writing, and I went to a couple other private uh, institutions for writing. But I guess my greatest um, little story is when I was a waiter, and I wrote my first screenplay, and this guy used to come in all the time, and he would write little animation pictures on the napkins when he'd leave. And I realized that he was in the industry. So one day I brought him a script. He took it, and two weeks later he came back and said, "Uh, do not you come over to? What time do you get off this afternoon?" I said, "About two o'clock." He said, "Well, do not you come over to Hanna Barbera? I want you to Joe Barbera wants to meet you." So I did, and he read my script, and he said, "Hey, you got some talent there. So I'm going to send you over to USC and pay for your tuition." Mm. And I got my started, and I started doing animation writing, and uh, from there it's just. It's been a, a live stream to do what I'm doing today.
0: Right, I, I always are. Uh, I'm always interested in people's um, stories because everybody has has a story, and there's something that I've have said in previous shows that storytelling saves lives and of course it changes lives so hopefully these stories that you guys just told your personal stories will inspire somebody to continue and whatever journey that they're on whether it's to be a writer an actor director or something of that sort or you know doctor lawyer yeah, (laughs) those type of things okay before we take a break we're going to do our ticket giveaway so the director David Wendell Boykins, you have a question, a black history question for us. And whoever can answer this question, please email me at mtasproductions@gmail.com at gmail.com. Whoever is the first person to email me with the right answer to David Boykins' question. What is your question?
1: My question is, when was the SELC, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, first established by martin luther king what year
0: what year so if you have to google it <laughs> google it but that's just gonna take you a little bit longer to email me at mtas productions at gmail dot com to let us know what year was the southern christian leadership conference started by the reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. You're listening to Conversation Peace. I'm your host, Angela Birdsong. We'll be right back. Hands to
1: the heavens, no man, no weapon. Formed against, yes, glory is destined. Everyday women and men become legends. Sins that go against our skin become blessings. The movement is a rhythm to us. Freedom is like religion to us. Justice is juxtapositioning us Justice for all just ain't specific enough One son died the spirit is revisiting us True and living, living in us Resistance is us That's why Rosa sat on the bus That's why we walk through Ferguson with our hands up When it go down we woman and man up They say stay down and we stand up Shots be on the ground, the camera
5: panned up King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up One day when the glory comes it will be out it will be out
0: Sold out to audiences throughout Los Angeles and Hollywood, California. Stage play Martin Duty Calls. One night only, January 18th, 8 p.m. at West Angeles Theater, 3020 Crenshaw Boulevard in Los Angeles. Go to martindutycalls.com for details. Welcome back to Conversation Piece. I'm your host, Angela Birdsong, with cast and crew of Martin Duty Calls. We're getting ready to meet some of the actors here. Malika Blessing, please introduce them. So, um, you, I just
3: spoke with you guys as the production manager, but I'm also in the show where I play Rosa Parks, Donald Mc... Uh, Ron, I'm sorry, Dora McDonald, and Eleanor Charles. Um, one of our cast members who's not here is Kevin Allen uh, Scott. He plays J. Edgar Hoover and the bus driver of uh, from the rosa park scene but uh, we have our uh, cast members that are here with us that's going to be talking to you that i'm just ecstatic about i'm excited um everything is divine order and god is so good when he just puts everything into perspective so i'm really excited about introducing these four that are here today a course starting off would be um with the stories about Martin Luther King, which, is, uh, which Johnny Mack plays that. Uh, we have uh, Tiffany Cody, who is playing Coretta Scott King. We have uh, Todd Anthony, who was like a brother to me? I'm so excited of him being here. And he's playing Malcolm X. He's also playing Luther Watkins and Abayad Rustin. So he has three characters he's playing. And um, from the original uh, cast member, Tori Devon uh, Smith, I just found out. Uh, he's playing John Lewis and James Bevel. So uh, here is the cast of Martin Duty Calls.
0: Welcome to Conversation Piece, you guys. Thank you so much. Glad
6: to be here. (laughs) Thank Thank you.
0: Right. So let's start with, has this play changed who you thought Dr. Martin Luther King is? Or Coretta Scott?
5: Yes. How? I I think, um, as for Martin, I've always viewed him as like an icon. So he's kind of like a superhero far away. Playing him, though, the closer you get to him, you see the real guy who dealt with fears, who dealt with... You know, depression and feeling frustrated and and feeling afraid and how how much he leaned on uh, Coretta and others, you know, so it really took away a lot of the the myth from the man. And really, I just got to see the man, which is really important.
0: Right. And, you know, that that's a really good point, because we do look at him as as this iconic Mm -hmm. superhero Mm -hmm. type of human being. And, and he's just just a man, yeah. with, with a duty, yeah, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so anybody else had a different perspective that had changed when you started to get involved with this play, Martin Duty calls?
4: Well, for me, um, playing Coretta, um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say so much changed, but just the realization of just how much um, she was involved in shaping, Um, Martin's uh, call to duty, um, how much he leaned on her. And um, I was I was speaking with David earlier about um, this posturing that Coretta has where she always had this silent strength. But um, one of the things that I like about this is that you see different aspects of her um, where you, you, you realize how challenging it must have been for her to have to always put on a a, a good face when they were in a lot of turmoil and um, keeping everything united and keeping everything together. So um, as a woman, you know, protecting your family.
6: Tori Devon Smith, I play James um, John Lewis. It wasn't so much about Martin Luther King Jr. that I was um, surprised at. I was mostly surprised at the fact that I didn't know that much about the civil rights movement. You know, we're we're sort of only, we only learned um, sort of a surfaced amount of it. So I didn't actually understand or even know that there were other leaders that were as prominent, that were as hardworking as as Martin Luther King. So I I play someone, John Lewis, I play James Bevel, there's Bayard Rustin, there's Diane Nash. There were an infinite amount of, of, of leaders during this time. And what I also found interesting, because I actually read John Lewis's memoir called Walking in the Wind, which is a really nuanced account about the civil rights movement, that it actually took everyone. So when people think of the civil rights movement, they think it's just a black fight. But no, it took students who were white, who were Asian, from the north, nurses, priests, um, nuns. It took an entire community to change America. And, you know, um,
0: Tori, I'm, I'm glad that you, you know, were you just said
6: that you didn't know that much about the civil rights movement. Yeah. Well, in school, you only learn about a certain few. And so I think it's actually a disadvantage because there are little black boys and girls like me who went to elementary school and predominantly white schools. I actually went to um, I sort of lived as if I was a middle class kid, but I didn't have no money. So I was I was sort of surrounded by a lot of Caucasian kids who had a lot more than me. So when we got around to Black History Month, the only time we ever talked about black rights or anything black, it was only Martin, it was only Malcolm, it was only Rosa. And it, that was it. So the fact that I think a lot of young black kids are missing the in-depth education about who they are. Because if they only get a certain amount, they're only going to think they're limited. There are more examples out there for us to know and learn, and these educational systems should teach them.
0: Right, because I see that's one of the goals that Roy Parker has for this play, Martin Duty Calls, is that where you know we're in a time where Black history, well, I guess the entire time in America, where Black history is non-existent and in public schools. Mm -hmm. So this is this is a this is a play that you want to bring. Your your grandmother, your mother, father, mm-hmm. your children, grandchildren, everybody to come to to this play mm-hmm. and revisit and have a discussion about Martin Luther King and the Civil Rights Movement. Right. Right. You know, I'm so glad that you're just being honest with that because you you know you just I know I assume you just assume everybody black in America mm-hmm. knows about the Civil Rights Movement, mm-hmm. but <coughs> I have to really question myself. What else do I know? about the civil rights movement besides the popular iconic figures what about the ones who you know the, like I can't remember the lady's name right now but the the, the other lady before Rosa Parks <laughs> who oh say so, so the engineer is telling me the name <laughs> what, what is the name talking about Ella Baker Ella Baker right so you know how many of us know about her story even with
7: Bayard it's like you don't really hear about him in in uh you know in American history period or black history mm-hmm. because he's pretty much one of the forefathers of the civil rights movement um of the you know the start of the SCLC of the whole nonviolent movement introduced pretty much to Martin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and because of his uh sexuality you know it's been i guess a thing to not really yeah. talk about him and i and i didn't know who he was up until getting the role, and so you know it's one thing. You know I'm, I'm excited to play Malcolm, but at the same time I was like, oh wow, I get to learn about somebody new, and I get to play someone I n- I didn't even have any knowledge about. So,
0: right. So a lot of hidden hidden um, um, figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hidden figures. Yeah, in yeah. <laughs> the, the civil rights. Okay movement right. and, and so now let me ask you guys this I, and I'm, I'm thinking you can an answer this question you guys have a panel discussion sometimes before the plays or <laughs> after the plays are you guys part of that panel discussion also well I've been
6: um, with the production again Tori Devon Smith who plays John Lewis I've been with the production for five years so I'm one of the original members and yes we usually have a panel after, sh- after the, the show is um, seen um, we are a part of it Um, What was most interesting was last year, we actually performed for high schools and junior high schools across the Los Angeles area. And so that was, for me, out of the five years I've been doing this show, the most exciting. And what was so interesting was seeing the differences between the junior high kids and the high school kids. The the high school kids, they they grow up and they understand what it's like to be popular, made fun of, so they're not going to be as involved. But younger kids, the 12-year-olds, the 11-year-olds, the 13-year-olds, were jittering with excitement in terms of learning about these people that they didn't know anything about so in terms of the most exciting panels have been with the kids
0: Mm. right because i'm you know i i'm i'm enjoying the this this conversation that that we're having so is there going to be a panel discussion on january 18th
7: that's a good question Mm -hmm.
0: okay so we'll For, for
1: uh yeah this is david boykins coming in um uh as of right now it's not scheduled uh, we don't have one scheduled only because of time uh, that we have, but uh, we like to try, but it's because of time. We may not have one uh, for this particular performance. Mm.
0: Okay, so on January 18th, <coughs> we will see the play <laughs> and and you can come back to conversation piece right, right, <laughs> to, right, right, to, right. to get some conversation yeah, some individual. conversation prompts yeah, yeah. For, for your yeah. household um, discussions on this. Now, you can David go ahead?
1: Oh, but I was going to say, if we were to do uh, other performances, if you were to bring us out to your location to do a performance, uh, that is something that we would really like to do. That's part of the uh, whole concept of the show is to bring uh, that talkback aspect to it. So that's what we like to do. Uh, so when we come to your place, when you uh, bring us out, uh, we will have that available to you.
0: And how do we get in contact with you for that? We just go Uh, to your website.
1: Yes. Go to the website, martindutycalls.com and fill out um, uh, a request and we will communicate with you. We'll get
0: back with you and we can set it all up. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Now, as as the the actors, I know that I had asked if one of you guys can give an excerpt from the play. And I think we're going to hear from the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.
5: (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I say today to you, my friends, that in spite of the difficulties and frustrations of the moment, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Johnny Mack, that was incredible.
5: Mm-hmm. Thank you.
0: Incredible, powerful. Thank you. I, I felt like I was in Savannah, Georgia <laughs> and in my ancestral land at at first African, um church mm-hmm. where he gave the I have a dream speech there before he gave it really? in in Washington DC oh, okay. and Mahalia Jackson mm. um was there um singing also mm-hmm. um yeah oh, wow. yeah yeah okay yeah cuz okay. I've been on tour um bit been I I toured that that church um there at, for First African um Church in in Savannah Georgia mm-hmm. so you 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 put me there in in the basement where it was part of the underground railroad where they would move um enslaved people and, and house them in there and they have holes in the in, in the uh, on in the ceiling which is in the on the floor when you're in the sanctuary oh, wow. so when you were saying that it just it, it reminded me of that hmm. that that tour of that church Wow. wow. yeah yes david
1: I, I i often find it interesting when we talk about that particular speech and when I found out that uh, Dr. King had a entirely other uh, speech that he was supposed to do, uh, <laughs> and so he was he had started doing what he was going to do, and Mahalia Jackson screams out and is like, you know, do I have a dream? Do I have a dream? Because this is a, a sermon that he had done at his church mm-hmm. uh, several times before, and so it literally was something he just popped up at the last minute. After she suggested it and just did that and it ends up mm. becoming one of the most wow. powerful speeches ever done in American history, to be quite honest with you. Mm. Um and it was off of a whim of someone in you know that he knew just saying, Do that, talk about that.
5: Mm. You know? Right. It's amazing
1: yeah. how history happens. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. fluid, it's alive. You you kinda think that because we are reading about history that it is something that is already kind of predestined, but mm-hmm. it it happens. It it happens right then, and you're in it, mm-hmm. and you you're having the experience. You know, mm-hmm. so I just I just want to throw that out.
0: Right. So, David, now is what, what kind of dialogue occurs between Martin and Malcolm in the play?
1: In the play, uh, Roy um, had a, a scene where he wanted to bring the two together simply because, you know we have an idea of these two philosophies but we don't really uh know of any times when they actually came together uh people say that they 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 came together a couple of times some people say that they never really spoke i know there's like maybe like two photographs of them mm-hmm. actually meeting but the conversation has never happened uh at least for what people know so roy had this segment to where he wanted to put them together so they have those conflicting uh ideologies to, to 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 basically fight each other to battle each other uh conceptually ideologic uh ideologically <laughs> i'm missing the word but you know what i'm saying yes um and so we have that in the play and it's one of my favorite moments of the play to be honest uh is a very powerful section uh of, of the story
5: mm.
0: Now, speaking of favorite moments in the play, as actors, do you have a, a favorite moment in the play, Malika? Okay.
3: One of my favorite moments is a scene between. Well, actually, I have two. One is with Coretta, where I play uh, Eleanor Charles, and she's actually a fictitious character, but it's a. Uh, um, it, it's it's funny. It's a, uh, um, but it's real um and I'm not gonna say anything because though the winner who comes to the show you're gonna see what I'm talking about but that particular scene um I, I I that's one of my favorites and then the other one is a scene between Martin and I when he is um feeling the pressure of being the leader that he is and um Dora McDonough, when I was doing my research, I found out that Martin and Dora were really, really close. She was like a best friend to him. And so she was the type of person that wasn't afraid to tell him how it was. And she wasn't a yes person. You know, she had respect for him. And she had respect for him, for his calling and who he was. But she was very honest and she was very real. So you see a scene between the two of them where... He's able to not um, exemplify that leader and the person everyone looks up to. And he was able to be vulnerable and to receive from Dora uh, the honesty of their relationship, of her confirming that this is something that you have been chosen to do and called to do. So that scene is one of my favorite scenes.
6: One of my favorite scenes it's not, actually not a scene that I'm in, but I think in terms of plays, exposition is really, really important. So I commend Roy on this. Um, it's actually the opening scene. And I, I don't know if I can give too much away. But basically, it is where Rosa Parks, um, uh, Malika <coughs> reenacts the moment that she does not give up her seat. And so to feel the energy of that particular scene, it's very short. It's very sweet. But you understand because it's a, it's a moment that everyone is connected with, that everyone knows about. But it really gets you into the depths of the play. This is what we're going to deal with. We're going to deal with this conflict throughout. And I think it's a beautiful moment what Malika does.
0: Malcolm, uh, I'm, I keep calling uh, you Malcolm. Uh, <laughs> uh, <No. laughs> he looked like him. He right, looked like Michael. his name is Todd Anthony. Todd Anthony. But if you guys, if you guys could see him, you would call him Malcolm too. <laughs>
7: um, no, I, I mean, I, and I'm not being. Maybe I'm being biased because it's, you know, our scene. But Mm -hmm. I think the conversation between Malcolm and Martin is one of my favorites because we don't have any record of them having this conversation. And it's such a fistfight with intellectual words. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're both very passionate about their points um, and they're both. I think they both want the same thing, just in different ways. Um, and so it, to me, it's, it's one of those things where if we could be a fly on the wall with these two prominent figures to see what the conversation was, I would love to be there. So this gives us a you know, a glimpse of hope as to what it might have been if it did happen.
0: Right, so now, now I, I know this is spontaneous. Can you give us a little bit of the dialogue between you and Martin that you do on the play? Ooh. <laughs> Can we?
7: Okay. Uh, <laughs> short. What, what, short. Um, <laughs> short. He said
0: short. The director says short. Okay.
7: Um, well, okay, I'll give you a line. Yeah, <laughs> a line, and then I'll have him give you a line. Um, well, while you were having a dream, my brother, the rest of us Negroes were out there having a nightmare.
5: Nonviolence is not the same as nonresistance. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. All right. Okay,
0: now if you guys don't want to come and see the play just now uh-huh. <laughs> and get and get more of this, Martin Duty Calls, January 18th at West Angeles Theater at 8 p.m. Make sure you guys go to MartinDutyCalls.com to get more information, more details, and to have this play to come to a city or school near you. Now, what are the takeaways that you want people to have with this play?
4: I think uh, most likely, um, like Johnny was saying earlier, that you um, you see Martin in a different way than you may have known him, see him as a real man struggling with a lot of different um, issues and and, and also some of the things that the other cast members said, like uh, Tori was saying, there's a lot of uh, hidden figures. Um, and that Todd was saying that, we don't necessarily know about um, in history, but they had a lot to do with um, effectuating the civil rights movement and that it took all of these people um, to gain the rights that we have today. Um, and so I think that for people to take, come away learning something about black history, um, learning more than the iconic figures that we know and really um, being able to um, Um, have a sense of um, humanity, realize the humanity that a lot of these people had, and that they could probably um, relate to them um, on a different level, on a humane level.
6: We're living in a really interesting era with a really unsympathetic administration right now. I think it's really important to learn from history and to learn from what these leaders did and how they accomplished freedom. And I think you need to come to the play to remember
5: for me um it's just an honor to be that i get to play Martin the king and the takeaway i want is that for me is it's, it's as, as i see them as ordinary people i begin to really honor my ancestors you know what i mean it's like they're not just like these huge giants that are far away from me um they're really close and they're relatable and they're my ancestors and i want to I want to honor them, and so I want the audience to look back, remember ordinary people doing extraordinary things, and and honor your ancestors. That that's what uh, uh, that that's my takeaway. It's like my ancestors did some ordinary people did some incredible things.
3: Malika, blessing. Uh, what I want people to uh, take away from this is, um, is I want them to know that our generation our time now in 2019 that we can be uh, a Coretta Scott King we can be a Martin Luther King we can be a Malcolm X a Rosa Parks we can be a John Lewis it's not always about being a a famous actor which is nothing wrong with that because I'm an actress but um, we can do things to make a change and a difference and because our people fought and for our lives and our positions to where we're in, that if we come together as a whole and as a community and as a culture, that we can make change because that's what they did. That's what SCLC was all about. That's what Rosa Parks was all about. Those are with um, with John Lewis and uh, Martin Luther King, all of those things. So I want them to be able to leave to say that, them seeing these characters and characters that they don't even know about. But to say, you know what, if they can do that, I can do that, too. If I if I want to do better in school, I want to go to college. I want to go to a HBCU. I want to go, you know, uh, be the best that I can be. I want everyone to know that God has given everybody a gift. God has given everybody a gift. And it's you, uh, you have to find out what that gift is. When you wake up in the morning and all you think about is what you want to do as far as that gift, then you know that's the gift that you have to hone and put more into it and pray about it and faith. And it will come. Faith without works is dead. So I want you guys that are coming to the show to leave knowing that anything and everything is possible.
7: Shoot, we should've just you dropped the mic right after her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I was gonna I honestly I was gonna say pretty much what you said. Um so just to piggyback. Um I think for this generation, um we need to understand that history is not past time. It's not just past time. Um we are a part of history. We are mirrors of those that we look at as these prominent figures um but they only became I don't even purposely they didn't become prominent they just saw a problem and they wanted to fix it and through that they became who they were and I think we need to understand that when we see problems we are the change there's no administration there's no president that can change anything mm-hmm. You can only change a neighborhood. A neighborhood can change its city. A city can change its state. A state can change its country. And so my thing is, we need to understand that as people, we are the change. We are, like she said, the Martin, like Malika said, the Martin Luther King's, the Malcolm X's. We are that of this (laughs) generation, this generation, excuse me. Um, So um, just know that we are also history.
0: And, and I know this discussion right here is one of the reasons why Roy Parker wrote this play is to have this open dialogue about that the struggle still continues, despite the great achievements that the civil rights movement brought about with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and, and everyone else surrounding him, that with... Ferguson, with Trayvon Martin, yeah. with Oscar Grant, and of course, the, the list just goes on and on and on mm-hmm. about mass incarceration, mm-hmm. about, like someone had said earlier, the, voter, the voting rights, um, um, suppression that, that we, we saw in this last midterm election, that we need to go to plays like this to remind us of where we have come from and to empower us to do the work that nobody else wants to do. And I instantly, of course, think of Black Lives Matters, just how that just just came from, from the earth um, at a much needed time. David?
1: Yeah, and you actually brought something to mind that um, I think we need to remember as well, and that is, you know, uh, I've heard it said that 92 million Americans did not vote The last election, or the last presidential election, which is incredibly sad to me. Um, It's one of them things to where I just don't feel like you know. We always say, "Well, it's your right to vote. It's your right, man. It's your duty. Duty. We got to get out there and do it." I mean, if how can you expect someone to represent your ideals if? When they are, uh, uh, are representing your ideals, you do not go out and say, that's what I believe in. If they are going to get voted into office, they're going to go take the ideals of the person that's going to vote them into office. Mm-hmm. So if you have an idea, if you have a, 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 a direction or a, a, a thing that you believe in and you don't even express that, how can you expect anyone to stand up for you? You're not standing up for yourself. Go vote. I, I, it, it, it actually angered me. I can honestly say I was angered when I was finding out people were talking about black people, people of color, saying, I'm going to boycott the vote because I don't like who's running for president. Mm-hmm. What? What? I, you know, so anyway, that that that's my that, 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 I, I got to get off my high horse. I got to right. get off the, uh, the, right. the, the, the stool. No,
0: you know? no, no. But these, you know, the, the this is the discussion. You know, <laughs> it's, it's not getting off of, of, of your 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 um, pedestal, um, off your lectern. It's voicing that, and and being comfortable with saying that, so that other people will feel uncomfortable with their decision that they made not to participate. In the election process, yeah. and we saw that with the uh, midterm elections that there was more participation, and we started to see a change in the face of, of the House. Mm-hmm. You know, there were way more women um, um, elected. We had our first um, Native American, Muslims, yeah. just you know, a,
4: a lot, a, a yeah. lot of new faces mm-hmm. in it, and. Well, the Congress I, looks more like America. <laughs> it's a representation of the democracy, the way it should look. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, don't quiet your
0: voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Keep that anger going, going <laughs> in, in you. Mm-hmm. So, Roy, you, you've been, been um, a little quiet on, on this part of the discussion. Is anything that you want to add? Because I, I know when you're, you're listening to this discussion, Roy Parker, something that God gave you because that's what you said in your writing, um, to develop this idea, to write this play, to bring the cast together, your path crossed with David and um, Chaz Ingram um, to help develop the story. What are you feeling right now, just listening to, to all of this dialogue and knowing that the dream is continuing because a dream was put in you?
2: Well, I just want to say, first of all, I am so delighted and honored to be working with these great people who have a passion like I do. And that's what it takes to bring out the reality that I'm trying to express. And they're doing a great job at it. So this is for the cast. Thank you so very, very much.
0: Now, is there a part of your play that that you like the most? That 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 just stands out to you.
2: Well, uh, I love the whole thing, but one of the pieces that was not discussed was the piece with between Martin and Coretta when she's making him a nice dinner, and that piece just emphasizes, just shows the stress and the pressure that her as a woman was going through, but staying strong to her values and to her family. Uh, it was just a very powerful piece, and I thought that it was done very well. It was just just powerful piece, very powerful piece.
0: And I think we 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 sometimes we forget about who Coretta Scott King is besides being You know, she had a college degree. You know, she went to college. Mm-hmm. You know, she went to college. Graduate. Oh, she had a graduate degree also. From Boston University. Mm -hmm.
4: Okay, why don't you tell us? (laughs) (laughs) That's actually where um, her and Martin met when she was getting her graduate degree at Boston University. And um, she was an accomplished singer. And... um, yeah, a lot of people don't know that that aspect of her. I think it's, you know, the the man behind the woman behind the man uh, mm-hmm. type of thing. But as we know, there's always this great woman um, that's there, and so um, I've really just been enjoying um, learning a lot about her. And as Roy just mentioned, um, these scenes that he's these he's that he's written about um, the stresses that she had to face, and just just that that strength that she had mm-hmm. um you know we were talking earlier on it is it's one thing to to say that you know you you have a duty but it's another thing to be able to have the endurance to go through it mm-hmm. and to step up to the plate every day for year after year after year and 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 continue that responsibility you know Um, and I mean I guess what Johnny means when he says these are these ordinary people who did these extraordinary things and they did so um, they made these sacrifices so that we have the rights that we have for today
0: I think that as as a woman that Coretta Scott King should be inspiring Mm -hmm. to us that you can go get your college degree get your graduate degree, get married, Mm -hmm. have children, Mm -hmm. and still have it all. Because I remember, I remember this commercial as a little girl, um, you know, um, I forgot what the product was, but I bring home the bacon and then cook it and fry it up oh, in the uh, pan, and never, Char- never. Charlie,
4: Charlie, or per- for perfume? It I think. was some kind of, right? Yeah, like, some kind of perfume, perfume or whatever. Yeah.
0: But I remember, I, I clearly remember that that commercial. Like, oh yeah, I want to be that. I want to, you know, have have a career and be able to still take care of, of of my household. But but this is a whole different topic because this right here, um, because when we look at the credit, Scott Kings because uh, I, I believe she's probably more along the line of between my mother and my grandmother's age. Mm-hmm. And we look at those women and most of them got married and had children. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at my mother's age, okay, still a lot of them. But when you get to my generation, a lot of us didn't do that. Yeah. We, we sort of like, I don't know we I I don't know what happened to us but Coretta Scott King is someone that I would like for my nieces to to look up to Mm -hmm. and and say she did someone
4: to beat to be like.
0: Somebody to
4: be like. Mm-hmm. Right. And, that, that, that you and can she pattern. continued um, well on mm. for years championing for a lot of different um, organizations and groups, people. She actually, um, I learned, championing for the LGBT um, community. And so her her desire for um, equality and equal rights um, was a sincere one that's, that spanned across lots of different walks of life and people. Mm. Um, it was something that she and Martin shared that she she felt and it was it was real you know it wasn't just specific to uh, one group of people but her 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 desire for civil rights and equality was for everyone
0: right as it should be right Mm -hmm. exactly Mm -hmm. right and and she continued with the dream yes Mm -hmm. right as a widow
2: she also became very great friends with Malcolm X's wife Mm -hmm. they they partnered together in a lot of different uh Organizations. That's a
4: good story, too.
0: <laughs> right, right. You may
2: have to write another play,
0: <laughs> Mr. Parker. <laughs> right. Okay, well, I, I believe we need to take a break. And, oh, we're, we're wrapping up the show. Okay, well, the engineer is telling me we are wrapping up the show. Oh, my goodness, I don't want this to end. Okay, well, um, David or Roy, if you can give the the email address and the, the website again for for people who would like for you to come and let us know how we can support you
1: uh well our um, website is martindutycalls.com uh, that's where anyone can come and just check out what we're doing uh, with the show uh, and its history and um, and everything like that as far as tickets
3: uh, for tickets go to brownpapertickets.com that's www brownpapertickets.com we have a VIP um, tickets which are $60 preferred seating and also comes with a, a VIP Martin Duty Calls a VIP bag we have our general tickets which are $40 our senior tickets which are $35 any groups of 10 or more they're $35 um, each and um, senior citizens are $35 if you um, want to uh, this even the senior citizens if you have 10 uh, women that want to come, you get $5 off your ticket. So that'll be $30 for um, off uh, of each ticket. And that's www.brownpapertickets.com. Or you can go to Martin Duty Calls and you can uh, look up our information if you want to get in direct contact with us.
0: And this play is actually the, the start of the Martin Luther King weekend, right? For the holiday for the week, right?
1: Correct. Uh, SELC uh, Southern Christian Leadership Conference uh, chapter of uh, Southern California is uh, part of uh, a part of the production uh, producer team for this particular uh, show, and they are hosting uh, a full week of events. Uh, so, yeah, you can look.
3: Free of of charge. Most
1: of those uh, uh, events are free of charge.
3: Some of the things that they have is um, the annual Martin Luther King Interface Breakfast. That will be January 17th. Of course, January 18th is Martin Duty Calls to play at 8 o'clock on January. On the 18th is Martin Duty Calls. Mm -hmm. January 19th, they have a a women's march. That's 10 Mm a.m. And then on the 19th, they also have what they call Inner City Youth Orchestra Annual MAK Concert that's going to be at West Angeles. So they have a lot of things that are going on all that week, even in the beginning of the week. They have a uh, SCLC, uh, uh, uh 62nd Anniversary Founders Day um, that's going to be at Free City AMM uh, Zion Church. So these are the things that we'll have on our website um, if you have questions or want to be about that. But we definitely want to see you
0: January 18th (laughs) and you most definitely can get your tickets right here by making sure that you email me at mtasproductions at gmail.com because we have a ticket giveaway with the question being what year was the sclc started the first person to with that response at mtasproductions at gmail.com. You will win a pair of tickets for Martin duty calls on January 18th at West Angeles Theater, 3020 Crenshaw Boulevard in Los Angeles to take an intimate look at the inner circle and struggles of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. You must see this play. Well, thank you guys. Thank, thank you. you. Yes. Thank you. thank you for having us. That's great. Thank oh you so much. yes. I am so pleased to have you guys here. This this has been exciting. This has been the most people I've had on Conversation <laughs> Peace. So you guys just broke a record. Hey. <laughs> hey. Yes, yes, yes. So thank thank you guys. Thank thank you. Thank you. The the, the cast and crew of Martin Duty Calls, my Conversation Peace guests today. And thank you to Leslie Rafford, the brain, the powerful force behind RJLA. Adam Rice, program director. Joseph Tuckett, engineer. Michael Washington of M Wash Soul for the opening and closing theme song. And always, you, our RJLA family. Reach us on Radio Justice Facebook. Give us some love. Give us some likes, please, as you listen to us worldwide anytime on RadioJustice.org. I'm Angela Birdsong once again. Thank you for allowing me to share this very special experience of conversation peace on Radio Justice LA Morning Wake Up Call with you. Remember to be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be brave, be courageous, and let all that you do be done with love.